Welcome to another episode of the Agile Weekly Podcast. I'm Clinton Michael Zigich. I'm Derek Neighbors. And I'm Roy Venwater. <laughs> and I'm Jade Meskill. <laughs> we almost forgot you were here. Okay, so uh, I want to do Agile, and I want my teams to be awesome and Good for you. go faster and be better and do more better. Mm-hmm. Um, what metrics can I use to measure how good I am at Agile? K-Locks. Velocity. Velocity. Oh, I already used that one. <laughs> you know, I think this is, you know, for me, this is so difficult because, you know, the question I always ask, like, what is your company doing? Like, what, what are the goals of your company? Like, if you're doing Agile well, you're succeeding at things you weren't succeeding at before in your company, whether that's making your customers happier, whether that's, you know, um, you know, achieving some new functionality or gaining more users or doing something, moving in the market. But, like, to me, unless you are a software consultancy um, that is getting paid to be more agile, like, why on earth would you use any metrics of agility to measure whether you're successful? I mean, like, be- being more agile, like, has no purpose if you're just more agile, like, so if I have, if I'm more, uh, if I'm a thousand percent more agile, but I don't know what the hell to build with that new agility, like, what's the point of being more agile? Yeah, but, but, but Derek, those, those are, we're talking about problems for developers here. I got to get these developers in shape. I don't want you to, you know, those, those are problems that I need to worry about. And, you know, everything's cool there. We're good. Like, you know, don't worry about that stuff. These developers are what's holding us back. Yeah, so one of the things I've started to do a little more, at least at the team level, is ask the direct manager for the teams to say, what would you like to see to make, how would you know that these teams are better? Like, what were what are some things that you would know? And I basically, right off the bat, say, if your answer is more better, faster, I, I'm not interested in helping you. And what we generally start to see are things like, we want the team to be, you know, interacting like more co-creation to happen uh we want it to be easier to onboard new team members we want you know the the quality of the code or the technical debt to start to to recede right we want more automation we want to be able to deploy more often so there's still like kind of shallow technical things but they're not velocity or story points or you know that we're doing process x or process y there's something more tangible like hey we're able we it used to take us three days to deploy the software now it takes us a day we're getting better at being able to do the deployment of the software now to me like yeah that's that's something and it's better than velocity but to me great if you can deploy every 30 seconds but you don't have anything worth deploying again what's the point yeah i had a manager tell me recently that they wanted to uh, do agile because they wanted people to stop leaving. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I've seen that in a couple of the uh, kind of value sessions or the goal sessions that I've done with managers where some of it is, is they, they, they identify that they want a, a culture that is more friendly. Like I've, I've got one team that uh, over time, like a lot of overtime in big pushes for major events are a problem. And so one of the things they really wanted was more of a sustainable pace. And the reason why is they kind of said, you know, hey, we, we want to stop burning our people out because we're losing good people to it. Right? So I think, I think those kind of things, again, I think those are good and noble things from a technical and a team perspective. But if you've got this great sustainable pace, but you're crappy in the marketplace, you're not going to be sustainable as a company. Right, and that's, that's why Stephen Denning says the only thing that matters is customer's delight. 
So if I'm kind of some average manager guy, and maybe I read, say, like Lean Startup, and I get the I get the takeaway for me is you need lots of data and experiments, and and it's like the scientific kind of thing. And then I talk to kind of the run of the mill agilist, and they say, "Man, metrics are kind of wishy washy. You don't really need those." Like, do you think that's some of it, where people think that they're going to be able to measure something, and science is so important? Um, I just need the data, and then I'll be able to crunch numbers and and have a yes or no binary answer. Yeah, I mean, look at look at the success of Frederick Taylor and scientific management. Right, it's built wonderful companies where people love to work. <laughs> Not. Yeah, I think I think what happens, you know, you know, what I'm seeing is in organizations, they want quote unquote organizational agility, and organizational agility means that everybody is quote unquote agile. And so if I'm the person that's basically championing that, I have to be able to tell the CEO, hey, we're agile now. And he's going to go, well, how do you know that? And it's going to, well, because all of the teams are agile. Well, how do you know they're all agile? Well, because of... We're all doing scrum. You know, they've all doubled their velocity or they've all like... And so I think there's a lot of that going on is I think uh, people are trying to measure whether like that binary bit of are we agile or not, opposed to you know, organizational agility being about we're more competitive in the marketplace and we're making our customer happy and we've got better employees and we're learning more and all of the, the kind of principles and values behind agile, like nobody wants to talk about. So I'm all for measuring stuff. It's just be careful what you measure because you're going to get what you measure and people are going to focus on what you measure. So if you focus on velocity, yeah, you might get some really, really great stuff stories quote-unquote done but the quality could suck ass the automation could be horrible your customers could be miserable like i mean you you have to be a little more holistic in you know what is it that you're really trying to achieve like and and so what i always kind of try to do is say why do you want to be agile and more better faster is not a thing right if if you want more better faster give me a whip and let me fire anybody who does not code up to standard right now today and i'll beat the crap out of these people and you'll get the best code you've ever seen for 12 months from a speed perspective the problem is that's not what people really want so you talked a lot about um you know you might you might meet the checklist for agile but you're delivering something crappy or whatever um you know, as far as even from speed, like I think a lot of people, ourselves included, would say that you know releasing frequently and getting feedback is is a good thing. So, how does, isn't that more better faster? If if I release every four weeks or something, or every at the end of every sprint, I think it comes down to what are what are your intentions behind doing that, right? If you're doing that to, uh, I don't know, to make more money or to hit these quarterly deadlines that are being set for you, that's not the right thing, right? If you're doing it because you find that giving your customers more frequent access to uh, new updates to your software provides better feedback that allows you to build a better product. Now you you are actually doing more better faster, but you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, I, I would say to me that the big the big push off is if I just want people to release faster for the sake of releasing faster, that's shallow crap and nobody should do it. If I, if, if people are releasing faster so that they can get feedback more quickly and they can learn and they believe that getting feedback from a real experience instead of a simulated experience is a more valuable learning loop and that that learning loop can be closed faster and faster allowing them to become more and more nimble then I don't think that's about going faster I think that's about learning faster and I think that's totally different if we say like we want faster production 
then I think we're going down the wrong train. If we say we want to learn faster, we want to be more quickly attuned to what our customer needs, I think that that speaks much more towards agility, right? And you might not have to even release software to do that. You could do, you know, um, you know, uh, paper prototypes and, you know, customer surveys, and you could get out and talk to customers in some ways. But you might say the problem with that is that's not a real experience. And I want to give somebody the real thing in order to do that. And so if I can produce quicker, it gives me tighter loops. So I think it's the reasoning why if, you, if you're going faster just so that you can say we're a fast team, you're doing it wrong. If you're saying we want to go faster so that we can get, we can validate our hypothesis much more quickly and respond quicker to customer demand to make them happier, I think you start to win. Do you think that there is like what is it that makes releasing so hard? Why is it that so many companies seem to have a really hard time releasing software frequently? Lack of automation. I think that is the number one thing. Is it so they do it so infrequently they do not know how to do it. And they're and the other thing is technical debt. They're scared shitless to release something because if something goes wrong, it is really difficult to undo that thing. Organizationally too, a lot of times sales teams are set up to deal with much larger releases. Like uh they'll they'll do like an annual release or whatever and they'll have to spend all this time ramping up and selling the big new feature and like because um because customers purchase features. Because if you're if you're re- releasing a service, it's really obvious to do version increases because it incentivizes your customers to keep subscribing to your service. But if you sell a product and if you want to charge, especially if you want to charge a lot of money for the project, like a lot of big companies do, like if you look at like um, Adobe um, or uh, like any of the other companies that like, you know, you, you download, you uh, purchase Photoshop, like it's really expensive. So there has to have a lot of features in there. And then like the inverse business model to releasing a product like that is they'd have to release a really cheap product really frequently in order to make some of that money back. And they probably end up making less. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, you, Derek, you mentioned automation, and I think Ray, you're talking about like the like the pressures of maybe the salespeople wanting mm-hmm. to sell like the big features to get people to upgrade, kind of right. thing. Um, I guess why hasn't there ever why isn't there a focus on like is that, that the technical practices that a lot of agile people are talking about? You know, we need to get back to technical practices. You know, developers have lost their way and they don't for, they don't value that stuff anymore for the automation side. Or? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think for the automation side, the problem is that uh, people uh, tend to get told they have to go really, really fast and, you know, that the pressure is on to ship features so they don't ever take the time to slow down to go fast, right? So if I've got to do something a hundred times, right, and it would take me an hour to automate it or it would take me 10 minutes to do it, which one is better, well, if somebody's holding a bat to my head and say, say, you know, I need this right now, I'm going to take the 10-minute option almost every single time because I don't want to get hit in the head with a bat if I take an hour to do it, even if it means it's free every time after this. And, and so I think people are kind of trained to not automate because there's it takes the time to automate. And then I think there is some technical I, – I think a, a lot of the people in the industry right now are coming from environments where you know they're not very Unix-based. They're not used to tool sets and tool chains that uh, allow for really good quality automation of kind of passing thing one thing to another, controlling things via command line, um, a number of things. So I think some of it is, is technology has gotten better. It, it's basically hidden some of what's underneath the hood to a lot of uh, the current developers that are out there and so they don't even know that they don't even know it's a possibility to do some of the automation how much of maybe not releasing frequently is just bad product management like they don't have anything to release or you know they're afraid to release something because it's not good enough or like there's no innovation 
Would, do you think they would release, a company might release more frequently, or they would push that, um, that issue if there was a ton of innovation going on and they had all these awesome ideas and all this awesome stuff that they could execute on? Yeah, I, think, I think a lot of it is overcoming the legacy of packaged software. Right, the the internet has radically transformed our ability to release often. Right, that didn't used to be a thing that existed. You know, you go back 15 years, you couldn't do that. Takes a couple weeks to press an ISO. Yeah, at least you know, and it costs a lot of money, and you know the upgrade costs were very painful, and so you know a lot of people are who are find themselves in product management situations, they're still tied to that legacy of thinking that way. Uh, that's why you're seeing some of the you know some of the web startups. They embrace that right away because it's totally possible, and they were, you know, they have come to the realization that that world exists, and they can do whatever they want. They can release whenever they want, and their customers won't even really know. Uh, but but that's a you know that's a relatively new thing that has happened. So one of the things I've seen a ton of happen, and I think this is like to me the equivalent of organization. If there's technical debt, I would call some of this organizational debt, especially in enterprises. One of the things that happens is everything becomes a project. Mm-hmm. And then all projects become interdependent. And so then we can never release because we're always waiting. And the, the, the example I used with somebody today from a metaphor perspective is, uh, imagine if you get off the airplane, you go down to catch the shuttle to go get your rental car. And the guy pulls up, and you get in, and he sits there for four hours. And you go, aren't you going to take me to the car? And he's like, well, look, there's other people coming off the plane until everybody gets off every plane that comes in tonight. We're not leaving. You would be pissed off. What happens today is you get on that, and two seconds later, the door's shut, and he takes off. And if somebody's running behind the thing, and you say, hey, there's somebody waiting, his response is going to be, that's okay, there's another shuttle in two minutes. And what happens in kind of this enterprise world, because they're not having those frequent releases, and because everything's interdependent, nobody can leave to go get their car until every plane has landed, and everybody is on the shuttle. And I think that... Forever. It, forever. <laughs> and so it just gets to the point where, like, a six-week intention becomes a ten-week intention because becomes a 12-week intention, becomes now everybody is scared shitless to release it because they don't even remember what's in it anymore, right? And then people start to say, well, we have to release it now. We can't wait anymore. There's some big ad coming out. We have to do it. And so then people start tearing out half-done features. And then they're really nervous because now they don't know what they've added and what they've removed. And, and I think this is one of the things that, you know, kind of that automation and that doing it regularly, if you can get to the point where you say, just go ahead and put it into production, the next shuttle is coming in two minutes, it really changes how you think. But I think it also requires that people start stop thinking in terms of projects and think m- from a product management perspective and think much more in terms of features, right? Like this feature is done, locked and loaded, go. Not there's these 60 features and they all have to be released at the same time it's being tied to the legacy of yes. of selling versions yes yeah i thought you were, you made a point about this a couple of weeks ago derek that you know there you might be wanting to shift more away from that kind of like the big versions or like the release once a year thing and there's some people that might say hey yeah give me every single update like i want to be bleeding edge and there's some people some existing customers that might say you know what i'm fine with the one big year update and for the most part that would be pretty seamless for them. I mean they're going to get essentially all the big all the little updates all at once and to them it's going to seem like the same old big release. Um but the other people they can just get the new stuff, you know, every month or whatever it is. Uh I thought that was an interesting point, you know, kind of an, a good way to think about transitioning from people who are in that, you know, I have to make a DVD and mail it to people mindset to uh, more of the software as a service but not jumping full ship into that. Yeah. I think we're out of time, so thanks guys. Thank you. Narr.
there something you'd like to hear in a future episode, head over to enneagramtech.com slash podcast where you can suggest a topic or a guest. Looking for an easy way to stay up to date with the latest news, techniques, and events in the Agile community? Sign up today at agileweekly.com. It's the best Agile content delivered weekly for free. The Agile Weekly podcast is brought to you by Enneagram Technologies and recorded at Gangplank Studios in Chandler, Arizona. For old episodes, check out enneagramtech.com or subscribe on iTunes. Need help with your Agile transition? Have a question and need to phone a friend? Try calling the Agile Hotline. It's free. Call 866-244-8656.